This is Let Your Voice Be Heard, right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM, WHCR, the voice of Harlem. And today we are talking about shea butter and Hennessy mixed together to make coconut oil, which as we know on black Twitter, coconut oil heals everything. Yes, my name is Stanley Fritz. I'm here with Selena Hill, Alyssa Fuchs, and Jackie Motherlove and Cohen, and we are here to talk about implicit bias. What does implicit bias mean? Well, I like to call it white people on default. But actually, every single person has implicit bias because any single person walking around this room or in your house right now eating a bowl of cereal or outside trying to get some liquor but you can't because it's not 12 p.m. yet unless you're in New York because it's legal now to get alcohol during the day, Mm -hmm. day drinkers. Or somewhere in Texas shooting at something or just waking up or frying some eggs. Wherever you are, whoever you are, however you are, you have some level of implicit bias. And the reason we're talking about implicit bias is because during the first presidential debate between Hillary Clinton and the Punani grabber, Hillary Clinton said, and I quote, that we have to address institutionalized racism and, of course, implicit bias. And Donald Trump responded by saying, I can do whatever I want because I am rich and I haven't paid taxes in 18 years. No, that's next segment. Oh, 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 sorry, I'm getting them mixed up. Now, in the, in the vice president debate, while Tim Kaine was spitting 70% facts and Mike Pence was dipping and dodging, Mike Pence did stop for one second to show his behind. And in showing his behind, he said that implicit bias is not a real thing. And of course, it's not a real thing for him because he's a 50-year-old white man who's never had to deal with any kind of bias at all because life has just been pretty rosy. But hey, what can you do about that? So we, in the studio, sat down and we said, hmm, what can we talk about this week? And after I had woken up from my drink, my drinking binge, I said, hey, why don't we talk about implicit bias? So we're going to have that conversation today. No, you didn't. <laughs> it was, a, it was you know what? all Alyssa. I'm a man, so I can take credit for everything, woman. That's how it goes, guys. No, it was Alyssa's idea. But we're going to have this conversation, and we want you guys on Facebook Live, on Ustream. Shout out to the stream team. All you guys listening in your radios, um, whoever has a radio still in 2016, about seven people. Whoever's listening in the podcast tomorrow, all our people on Politically Preposterous listening today, please be ready to have a conversation about this. Please feel free to share your own implicit biases or experiences you've had. And I'll start off the conversation with something that happened to me that everyone in here knows, but it's me and Jackie's favorite story. I, favorite in the sense that it's, it's just relative. so incredible, but not favorite as in. Oh, I know what you're talking. Happy, I'm, I know what you're happened. about to tell. All right, go on. Don't worry, guys. This is not another inside joke. I'm going to tell you. So, uh, a couple of years ago, um, Jack and I were working at the same place, and we had a mutual friend. And this mutual friend had to travel down to the city because she lived upstate. And she was going to crash in our office. So I said, no, don't do that. Just come to my place. You can crash. I have like a couch. You can come stay there. We had all been drinking a lot. I fell asleep on said friend on the E-train when I was living in Queens. Oh, thank God I don't live there anymore. I love you, Harlem. When I was living in Queens, I woke up to my friend yelling at an Asian guy sitting across from us. I, although I was drunk, I could, like, figure out that something had happened. So when we got off the train, I said, hey, blah, blah, what happened? She goes, that guy was sending me notes asking me if you had kidnapped me and if, he need, if I needed him to call the cops. Right. I laughed my butt off because I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> Maybe I was drunk still, but I still laughed the next day. She, as a small, blonde-haired, brown-eyed white woman, was like, no, that's not freaking funny. That Asian man was either A, trying to hit on her because she was cute, or B, really thought the big, burly black man who did a lot of push-ups back then and drank Hennessy but did no kind of legwork was kidnapping this white woman. That was his implicit bias. It could be racism, but in my opinion, it was implicit bias. So I want to start the conversation off by asking you guys, what do you think that was, Selena? 
Uh, yeah, definitely. I think that was definitely implicit bias. And the reason why, so what is implicit bias, right? It's actually a psychological process that shapes how we interact with one another. And it's something that's very unconscious. So the thing is, you'll make these inferences or assumptions based on your surroundings, based on society, based on things that you've picked up in the culture. And in our society and in our world, it's known that, well, it's said that black people are portrayed and depicted as being violent, as being criminals, as being worthy of being shot, even if they're unarmed and have their hands in the air. Mm -hmm. So because of this, people have developed, internalized this. And when they see the world, when they see people like Stanley, who's a big black man, they would automatically tend to see him as this violent person. Or a super predator. Right, or a super predator. And that's reason why I would say that man had an implicit bias to think that you were kidnapping a white woman. Yes. Right. I mean, I agree with that. I just wanted to like expand on what Selena just said about implicit bias and what it is. You know, like it's a scientific adaptation that comes from us being humans and the theory that we evolve and that in order for us to evolve, we have to adapt and we have to grow. And so one of the ways that we're like for example, able to like to navigate our morning commute and know where do we need to go and where we need to change trains and stuff like that are these mental tools and actually this bias is one of them and people obviously always put it as something that has to do with race but it actually comes up in like contexts that go far beyond policing and race Um, like for example if you think that um, the example the New York Times gives is if you assume that a fruit stand is going to have fresher produce than a supermarket that's an implicit bias right so these are all different types of associations Associations that we make unconscious, you know, unconsciously, and we identify certain traits with having a certain identity. So, like for example, fruit at the fruit stand is fresher than fruit at the supermarket. And obviously, while you could say, well, that's totally different than you know believing that an African American male is uh, uh, more violent pop. or than somebody else. But at the end of the day, like even though they sound like two different things, they're really all part of the same scientific phenomenon that is going on that you are picking up cues from your environment. Now, obviously, we need to learn how to change that when it comes to issues of race, and I think we're going to get into that later on in the show. Yeah, so before we get to everyone else, I do want to give out a few characteristics of implicit bias. That's right, guys. I did research. Selena, are you proud of me? Not yet. Let's see if you impress me. That is true. All right. Now, so a few characteristics, guys. Implicit biases are pervasive. Everyone possesses them, even people with avowed commitments to impartiality, such as judges. Especially if you're black. Just kidding. Implicit and explicit biases are related but distinct mental constructs. They are not mutually exclusive and may even reinforce each other. The implicit associations we held do not necessarily align with our declared beliefs. So you might not actually be a racist, but you might just get uncomfortable when you see a black person. You might not, you know, you might know the difference between a deli and a supermarket is not that big, but you might still prefer going to the supermarket to get your food over the deli because the implicit bias tells you it'll be cheaper. So it, it doesn't necessarily have to align with, you know, how you feel. So white people, when black people call you out, we're not necessarily saying you're racist, but you may have some implicit biases. But these, you know, I just want to say these implicit biases, they go beyond race. Like Jackie and I had a conversation the other day about biases that people have towards Jews, right? right. And about assum- assumptions that people make towards Jewish people. And this could, and this is obviously goes further than it goes into a religion like we make we make assumptions about people based on their religion based on their race based on their ethnic background like we we all 
all do this all the time. So it goes beyond racism. Like racism is the idea that you hate somebody because of who they are and the color of their skin. Whereas implicit biases are things that we all have where we all make assumptions about people based on other information that we've learned over time in some of it, which is absolutely false information. And so that's where we have to come back to like, are we confirming these biases by being perpetuating these false information because we don't notice it? Or do we need to take a step back and be like, okay, maybe that information that I got is incorrect. Like, for example, they did a study with um, a simulation with people and they did it both with civilians and with law enforcement officers and what the study was is they have somebody go in with um, a gun but it was like it didn't have any bullets in it right it's a virtual reality type simulation and then they would have somebody come up on the screen and the person who would pop on the up on the screen would in either be holding a gun or would be holding a cell phone and in a split second you would have to make a decision whether or not you needed to shoot that person right and they did this based on whether or not they were holding a cell phone or holding um, a, a gun. And they did this both with law enforcement people and with civilians. And what they found is it didn't matter whether you were a law enforcement or a civilian. And it also didn't matter whether the shooter was black or white. They were more likely to be implicitly biased towards somebody who popped up on the screen. And they would be more fit, quick to shoot if it was a black person that popped up on the screen, regardless of whether it was a cell phone or whether it was a gun. And this, even when the the shooter it was a black person as well. So it's really, really interesting um, to look how that operates just in that example. Yeah, so I think, you know, in Stanley's interaction with this man on the train who spoke out, I think that he was racist in his, like, interpretation and approach to the situation. But I think that, like, it started with his implicit bias, right? It started with his viewing of Stanley and this white woman and assuming, oh, this – they don't go together, right? Like, there's clearly something not right because the two of them don't look like they belong together, um, which is racist, but is also, like, a bias, right? But then he took it one step further to then confront Stanley's friend on the train to say, are you okay? Because it must be some violent situation that you're in to be with this person, which is, you know, ridiculous. But, um, But I think it's interesting to draw this distinction and I think it's um it is something that Selena brought up at the beginning I believe that it makes people really uncomfortable um because you know a lot of people are especially white people <laughs> want to say I'm not racist right I am not racist I'm not racist I'm not racist but we all hold these biases right like we right. all do so it's okay I think it, it's more beneficial to acknowledge that and see and work to find ways around that to to get to a place of better understanding than to just ignore and pretend that you don't have them because every single person has them. Guys, if you're just tuning in, we are talking about implicit bias and how it is connected to race. If you have a question or a comment, you can call us up at 212-650-6903. You can also tweet us or leave a comment on our Facebook live stream. So I wanted to just make it clear that if you have an implicit bias, you're not racist, you're not a bigot, you're normal. It's you human. may not necessarily be racist. Right. Every, well, yeah. Well, the thing is, every single person has implicit bias, and if you do have it it means you're normal now if you have it and you use it negatively or to impact or to hurt other people then yeah that's wrong like by being racist or 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 implementing racist policies that disenfranchise or negatively hurt like lg the lgbt community like uh, mike pence has done but he's horrible 
Basically. So I just wanted to say that, you know, another way to look at implicit bias is as a healthy human adaption, which I think that we touched on as well, because it's it basically helps your mind to make different assumptions that could help you, whether it's like Alyssa said, you're going to the fruit stand. I mean, you want to buy some fruit and you need to make a quick decision on where you should buy that. But Nick, I mean, the disadvantages of implicit bias is it can take on a form of, you know, unconsciously associating certain certain identities with certain negative attributes. And I think that until we can first, you know, acknowledge that, yes, we have implicit bias. Yes, that is normal. But because of the way white supremacy is set up, it hurts black and brown people the most. Jackie? No, I have nothing to <laughs> Sorry, I, mean, I had well, another point to make. I, I mean, I'll add to that. I just, like, here's the thing. I... I don't understand this idea of, like, it doesn't exist, right? I mean, like, Mike Pence straight up came out at the debate and was like, implicit bias doesn't exist. There is There is, like, a ton, a ton of scientific research about implicit bias. There is way too much research to deny its existence. Like, him denying its existence is basically being part of the problem because in order, as somebody already said, like, in order for us to figure out how we're going to deal with the problem of implicit biases, whether they're about race or whether they're about religion or whether they're about something else, like we have to first acknowledge that they exist. And the other thing that we have to acknowledge is that fear isn't hate and bias is not the same as bigotry. Yeah, but they're not going to acknowledge that it exists. I mean, this is we're talking about the same group of people that don't acknowledge that climate change exists based on, you know, any kind of science no, that's or true understanding, too. right? Like, so I think that there's, it doesn't matter how scientifically proven this is, there's like a clear political advantage to ad- not admitting that there's any kind of inherent bias. Um, at all, and so I don't think we're going to see that coming from the right. And, yeah, and that would actually hurt us because if we don't talk about implicit bias, if we deny it, like Mike Pence suggests that we do, what happens is you lose the language, you lose the vocabulary right. associated with um, a, what, that would allow us to confront racial disparities. So we need to talk about this, and we need to acknowledge that yes, there is scientific research and data that proves that we all have it, and this is a psychological problem. And I don't think that in in accepting that there is implicit bias, I think that by doing so, you acknowledge the fact that there is systemic racism and that there are these systemic problems that disproportionately affect different groups of people in this country. So by acknowledging its existence, you're sort of doing away with this narrative of, well, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. We're all sort of equipped with the same toolkit when we start out in life and we can all you know, make ourselves great, right? That acknowledging that implicit bias exists and that people benefit or are harmed by it acknowledges the fact that we have a big racial divide and a big systemic issue in this country. So thank you so much for that, Jackie. So guys, listen, implicit bias is not just like, it's not completely race-based like we've discussed plenty of times before. Obviously, in the context of this conversation, that's going to be a driving factor within it, but it also has to do with implicit biases towards genders, implicit biases towards um, sexual preferences. Shoot, implicit biases towards phones. For example, I think that people who carry around Android phones do not like to have fingers because Android phones explode. (laughs) Alyssa? Well, no, I think that's a good point. I mean, for example, you know when we talk about active shooter situations? When you hear active shooter, do you think it's a man or no, I mean, put aside race. I'm talking because I, I want to oh, make man. a point. Exactly right. So that's the, and that's and you're point not man. alone. As soon as people hear active shooter, they think man. When you hear the word terrorist, what do you think? White people. Really? Yeah. 
Okay. I mean, wrong question. When you he- when most people hear the word terrorist, what do they think? Um, Maybe not you. Middle Eastern. There you it's go. Like, it's like that joke, like there's, you know, a doctor that has to like perform surgery on, wait, what's the joke? Like a... Uh, I thought you were going to say, if you hear there's, doctor or lawyer, what do you think? Well, yeah, no, but that's, like, the joke, that, like, there's this joke that a doctor has to perform surgery on, um, like, a man brings his son into the ER, and the doctor comes out to perform surgery and says, I can't perform surgery on this kid because they're my son. Like, how could that be true? And it's like, oh, because the doctor's the woman. Or, in this case, like, the doctor is also the father, and it's a... Right. But you, like, assume that, like, all doctors or professionals, like, pilots, things like that, are, are men, just from, like... And, like, I've caught myself doing that, and I, you know, I consider myself a feminist and don't want to. Well, I mean, I think that part of that comes into, like, when people look at Hillary Clinton running for president. I mean, people are implicitly biased in thinking that a woman is not in a position to be the type of powerful person you need to run a country, right? I mean, that's a big reason why we haven't had a woman president here, as far as I'm concerned. Um, When many, I mean, look at England. Margaret Thatcher was prime minister in England, like, in the 1970s, right? Or was it in the 1980s? I'm sorry. Meanwhile, we've never had a woman president. There's implicit bias in that, in believing that a woman is not capable of the kind of job that the president needs to do. So, I mean, there's definitely, it's racial, it's gender, I mean, it's religion. There's there's a lot of things. I mean, you've gotten implicitly biased because you tell people you're Christian, and meanwhile, you're not one of the, you know, right-wing type religious people. Yeah, it takes different forms. So guys, we do have to go on a quick break. When we come back, I'd like to hear some of your stories and hear some of your implicit biases, and you can do that by giving us a call at 212-650-6903. Until then, you don't want no problems with me. Don't touch my phone, not me. WHCR 90.3 FM, New York. There's hundreds of fun and simple things you and your family can do to live a healthier lifestyle. Here's 20 of them. Walk to work, walk the dog, have the dog walk you, take a hike, take a bike, skate, dance, hop, jump, do the Humpty Hump, skip seconds, skip dessert, skip, skip, skip to my loo, don't skip breakfast, drink H2O, lower your sodium, raise the roof, shake your booty, stock up on vegetables, and don't forget to eat them. Search We Can online to find more ways you and your family can get healthy together. A message from the Ad Council, HHS, and NIH's We Can program. Son of a whore and a Scotsman Dropped in the middle of a forgotten spot in the Caribbean By providence impoverished and squalor Grow up to be a hero and a scholar the ten dollar founding father without a father got a lot farther by working a lot harder by being a lot smarter by being a self-starter by 14 they placed him in charge of a trading charter and every day while slaves were being slaughtered and carted away across the waves he struggled and kept his guard up inside he was longing for something to be a part of the brother was ready to beg steal borrow or barter then a hurricane came and 
devastation reigned on man Saw his future drip, dripping down the drain Put a pencil to his temple, connected it to his brain And he wrote his first refrain, a testament to his pain Well the word got around, they said this kid Insane, man. Took up a collection just to send them to the mainland. Someone buy me tickets to go see Hamilton because I'm poor. Please, please And we're back. Yes, guys, we are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM, WHCR, the voice of Harlem. If you are just tuning in, this is Stanley Fritz here with Selena Hill, Alyssa Fuchs, and Jackie Alexander Hamilton, loving Cohen. Yes. By the way, I started reading the book you got me on Hamilton. Thank Yay! you very, very much. I just found a copy of it myself, so I'm going to start reading it. Oh, nice, week. nice, nice. So, guys, if you are just tuning in, we have been talking about implicit bias. We talked about what the definition was. We gave you some of the characteristics. We explained how it's not just a race thing. It can be implicit biases towards genders, towards um, sexual preferences, towards restaurants. There can be an implicit bias off, off of Apple phones and Android phones. Apple team all day, every day, hard body, stay lit, gang, gang. <laughs> Now, we want to come back and we want to start sharing some stories about maybe at times where we have shown some implicit, implicit biases because we all have it. And if you would like to share your story, our number is 212-650-6903. Again, that is 212-650-6903. If you're on Facebook Live, feel free to leave a comment and we will read it. If you're on Politically Preposterous, leave a comment we will read it. If you're on Twitter, tweet us. If you are on Ustream, on the stream team, call us. Yeah, so I wanted to start off by, you know, just reminding everyone again, implicit bias are subconscious and they're hidden even from ourselves. Now, I didn't realize that I had implicit bias towards black people, FYI, I'm black in case you're listening via radio, until about a few years ago. And again, I just want to let you guys know it can be favorable or it can be unfavorable. And I found that I had a unfavorable implicit bias against my people, against myself when I was working in retail. So when I was working there, I realized whenever the white families would come in, I would perk up and I would instinctively give them better service. I would greet them very politely and I was way more attentive. Whereas when black people came into the store, I was way more laid back and I would not, I was less quick to like go around the counter and help them and be as attentive. And I realized this and I realized this and I'm like, why am I treating white people better? better and I came to the conclusion that subconsciously I've internalized the fact that white people deserve better and are superior and therefore I am inferior and anyone who looks like me is also inferior can I push back for one second before well, you continue well on my experience no I, I, I want to say also that white people will write a letter to your manager so that could have been that too <laughs> you know white people will write a note real quick white people white people populate Yelp with, like the water was oh, a little bit God. too warm but it wasn't cold enough like so it might have been that too yeah. I'm not even going to lie. That's me. (laughs) Of course. Well, and, and, and but that, again, that also goes into, you know, this, this deeper, you know, like, if you think about it, white people do have a, like, do complain more or do make like, sure that's that they're more active. Itself, yeah, that right? right, exactly. So, like, but, you're proving the point. But I don't know. I feel like, but I feel like disenfranchised communities, because the help never is there or was there for us, mm-hmm. we're more likely to be way more passive aggressive when things go wrong or when service is not as good. You like, must if there's, no black like, people. I no, think like, that also may be a bias. No, go, no, go down to, go to some predominantly black neighborhoods and look at the roads, look at the streets. It's a huge difference than if you go through predominantly white neighborhoods of better means. And I think that 
Those I think don't that's come- getting into a whole different area. I, I mean, put it like that. What what you were talking about at the beginning is different than what you were talking about during the second part. Because what you're talking about at the beginning are biases, right? We were able to point them out. When you're talking about roads and schools and things like that, then you're starting to get into systemic issues, right? About government and about the way uh, racism, white supremacy operates within getting things fixed and about talking about issues of poverty. And now you're talking about that's the bigger picture, right? So yes, like, I, I mean, I don't want us to get away from it. But, you know, like, I think that there's some truth to them, there being a connection between implicit biases and between the larger systemic issues. But, like, at the same time, I want us to also, I think it's important for us to recognize that there are implicit biases and then there are large systemic issues that are separate and apart from those biases. So an example, let me know if you think this is an example of of implicit bias, of, like, Talking, I think I've exhibited implicit bias towards my parents, right? Um, so you hear that, Mom? I, I'm 27. My relationship with my parents is very different than it was when I was 16, right? And like a bratty teenager. Hopefully, you show more respect. I hope I do too. But there have definitely been times where I have assumed about my parents that, oh, if I tell them this thing, they'll be mad. And then I do. And they're like, what? Okay, we don't care, right? But I assume based on my experience as, like, a 16-year-old, like, living in their house, like, you know, if I drank a glass of wine in front of my parents when I was 16, they probably wouldn't be too happy about it. But now that I'm a 27-year-old adult, like, I shouldn't, you know, it's fine to do, right? Um, But I I definitely have found myself assuming that something might upset them when it totally hasn't based Uh, on just, like, previous experience or things that I thought that I knew about them um, that are are true. Would you consider that? a bias? No, it sounds like what you just said, you're just making assumptions based on their track record and previous behavior. A bias is something that I think is way more subtle and yeah. it has to do with um, like large groups of people or, or like things and categories, I think. It, it I, don't know if it, I don't know if it, I don't think it's more like a personal interaction. Like I know Stanley is going to be hungover on Sundays, right? Like I don't <laughs> think that's a bias. <laughs> like, right. like based on his history true, and behavior, right. um, I think that's Pretty much. You, you do not know I'm going to be hungover. Sometimes I'm just a little worn down from the left. Right, okay. but yeah, I would yeah, have yeah. a bias, right? Well, I that's don't know. I, yeah, so, I, I think so, the two are different. So, guys, we do have a caller on our line, and he is a regular listener, first-time caller. So please be very kind to our good friend Darren. Darren, let your voice be heard. Hey, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Fantastic, fantastic show. Yeah, I just wanted to, like, mention uh, regards about implicit bias. I, I watched... Uh, Ava DuVernay's movie, the 13th, uh, a few days ago. And she it was a part in that show, in that film, where she illustrated how implicit bias worked in politics. There was, like, this political operative who was, like, a campaign manager, and he was explaining to, I believe, someone from the Nixon administration that you can't say the N-word anymore, you know, publicly, you know? So you use certain code words that, that will appeal to the public, and they know exactly that you mean like African Americans. You know, like like words like um, thug or criminal or convict or even like what you know the words that like Hillary used, super predator. So I think yeah, a lot of people need to see that movie, The Thirteenth Amendment, Ava DuVernay, and it was really powerful. Darren, thank you so much for that. And that's 100% true. That's exactly what they said. And what you call that is dog whistle politics. And it doesn't even have to be a specific name. They'll say certain things, and they'll let you know who they're talking about. So when Ronald Reagan went to the site where the two civil rights activists were murdered and their bodies were buried at, and he went there to kick off his presidential campaign, and he goes, I believe in states' rights. 
And we know where that comes from. That comes from the language that the, the coded language that the KKK uses to talk about their rights to be able to do what they want to do. And that's the language that people use when they didn't want to abolish slavery because they thought the state should have the right to make their own decision. States' rights. Or when someone says that I believe in hardworking people. That's, yeah, I was And didn't Hillary <laughs> get into a lot in the. In- you know, 08 as well. Like, cause she kept saying hardworking Americans, hardworking Americans and got into some hot water. Exactly. Because like, who's not a hardworking American? The blacks, maybe the Spanish people. And then when people talk about, Oh, we must protect our borders. What that pretty much means is get rid of all the Mexicans. I just want to push back on that, that it, that like, because I think that's part of your own bias that when you like, I mean, we don't know what she meant when she said hardworking Americans, right? There are a lot of, you know, that like the number one group of people that are actually on welfare are white people who live in the South. right? Right. So, like when you say hardworking Americans, then you're not talking about people who are, you know, poor white people who don't work, who are living in the South and who are on food stamps. You're not necessarily talking about black or Hispanic people. So like when you're de- trying to determine whether or not somebody else is having a bias, you're also taking into account your own biases in that. And so you have to recognize that both there you like when you're trying to judge anybody, your your own biases are coming into that judgment. So you may be 100% correct, Stanley, that when she said hardworking Americans, she was implying that it, she was not including black people and Hispanic people because of whatever you are bringing the, your bias into that, right? Now, you may be right. You may be 100% right. I'm not saying that. We don't know what she actually meant by that. But I just think it's important for us to recognize that you know, our own biases come into play when we're looking at whether or not somebody else has one. That's a good point, Alyssa. So, guys, we do have another caller on the line, a regular caller, a regular listener, one of my favorite people in all of the black universe, black queen beloved, Miss Deborah. Miss Deborah, let your voice be heard. How you doing? We're Hi, good so Selena. far. How you doing? Hey, good. You know, I was listening to, I saw a, a show once. I'm not going to mention the show because that's not really important. And there were a group of uh, black females. And uh, this uh, news, uh, this journalist had asked, they were talking about looks and uh, what, uh, would you hire a person who had braids? And one um, black female said, oh, absolutely not. And so she said, no, no, no. So she said, well, why not? So she said, it just wouldn't go with, you know, uh, the corporate structure. So she said, well, if she could bring in a couple of billion dollars for that year, would you still be willing to hire her? And she says, absolutely not. And I looked at her, and I, for that one moment, I really hated her. I really hated her. Because I said, who, the, who are you to sit here? And I, I, I couldn't even, I can't even now because I'm on the radio. But, I, 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 I you know, that's not, that's. That's something that's taught. Mm. That's something that's taught. But um, really what I wanted to say is many times uh, people in the black community, they're not, they don't teach their children to hate black or white people. They don't do that. As a matter of fact, they're just the opposite. You know, let's try and get along. Let's this, let's that. I saw a kid grab his bike once in Central Park when this kid, who was a black boy, had a bike that, you know, this white kid would have died for. So who needs your little bike? And he ran over and he grabbed the spike. This kid wasn't even paying him any attention. So I don't know about all of this bias, but I'll tell you one thing. Black people can't close down hospitals. 
they can't close down schools. They don't have the power to do a lot of things. And so you can sit here and scientifically point this out and point that out, but you give yourself a few more months, Selena, and you're going to find a whole different America. Thank you. Without Hillary. Thank you so much for calling in, Miss Deborah. Guys, if you want to let your voice be heard, the number is 212-650-6903. But, you know, I do want to say there's some things that I agree with when Miss Deborah said. Black people don't necessarily, don't necessarily teach people to, you know, hate other black people or to hate white people, um, in, in my opinion. But I think that, again, it does go back to implicit bias because that's something that is taught subconsciously that's something that is ingrained in us and indoctrinated in us and it also goes back to say um, another example of that is when Reverend Jesse Jackson said back in night in the 1980s and I quote there is nothing more painful to me at this stage in my life than to walk down the street and hear footsteps then turn around and see somebody white and feel relieved. Now, when he said that, what he was alluding to is implicit bias, that automatically he associates black people with violence and criminality, whereas white people, he feels safer. Now, that's something that society has taught us and white supremacy, especially through media, when the only time you see black people on TV is on cops or 50 cent videos. It's natural for us to associate that color with, with and, those violent actions to take it even farther. And I think Miss Deborah brought this point up that the, the way someone styles their hair or even further, the way someone dresses, right? We talk about the hoodie as being the symbol of, Oh, you see a black man in a hoodie specifically, they must be up to no good or up to some violent criminal activity, right? Like just because they're wearing an article of clothing that like, white sorority girls like on campus also wear all over the place like a hoodie with their letters but you're not gonna like assume or have that bias against a white sorority girl that you might have against a black man wearing a hoodie um and i think that's like a really interesting sort of perspective on this that it goes even to the way you choose to style your hair or the way you choose to dress that day that someone can have that bias and it could be a life or death situation right. based on your choice of clothing no i mean i agree with that i just wanted so i was i just wanted to add about the hair thing, right? So I was actually reading a story online the other day, and it was written by a black guy who had dreadlocks, and he went for a job interview, and he went in a suit. You know, it was like a white collar type job. He went in a suit and a tie and everything, and the interview went awesome, and they loved him. And at the end of the interview, she said to him, "Like, would you consider cutting your hair?" And he was like, "Basically, absolutely not. Like, I've been growing out my dreadlocks for a long, long time. I'm not going to cut my hair." And you know, they said to him, "Like, oh well, you know, like we." can offer you the job but we're really going to need you to cut your hair and he ended up like the end of the Facebook post is that he turns the job down like and it was a job he really wanted and it paid really well but he was like I'm not going to let other people's confirmation biases about something like my hair like I don't want to work for these people if that's going to be their issue even though this is a great job and it's the job I want but that like I actually getting aside from that comment I wanted to come back to something that we were talking about earlier just like about the policing right as doing civil rights law and like you know There's something that we talk about all the time and we need to bring back up today. Like this conversation that parents have with their children about police interactions is very, very different um, depending on your race. And 
it's very rare that white people have conversation with their children about what to do when they are stopped by the police um, and how to interact with the police and what they need to know about their rights and what, you know, like about, you know, don't make certain movements. Don't put your hands in certain places. Don't do this. Like there's a reason why white people generally don't have that conversation with their children. It's because they don't necessarily have to worry about that because of the way implicit bias functions in policing. So I just like wanted to bring that conversation full circle before we close out because what we've seen a lot in the past year, in the past two years, and well, for way longer than that, but it has become at the brink of what we've talked about since the death of Eric Garner and since the death of Mike Ferguson is the policing issue. And so it's really important that we recognize, and because of the fact that this implicit bias issue was brought up in the context of policing with respect to Mike Pence and him denying its existence, And I think so we need to bring it back to that point, which is it does exist and it applies in all realms of life, but especially in the policing context where, as Jackie pointed out earlier, it can mean life or death. So I think we're good there. I'm just going to give a couple closing statements. I'm, I'm going to go a bit left, though. And I think it's really important that we learned about implicit bias. If you didn't know about it, now you know and understand that we all have it. So sometimes someone isn't necessarily being racist or sexist or homophobic. It might just be an implicit bias. However, I do want to give a hard stop for people, anyone who's feeling a little bit too good about themselves after this and thinking it's natural. We need to understand that a lot of the implicit biases towards people of color came from racism, the institution of racism and problematic white people. Yes, white people, I'm calling you out every week until I get canceled. <laughs> problematic white people who who perpetuated negative ideas about black people. For example, you couldn't rape a black woman because they are naturally lustful and that they attract white men who, are become, who become powerless because of their big round bottoms. Yes, that was something that people said. And you can say that maybe people have implicit, implicit biases when they over-sexualize black women, but it came from white racists. We need to understand that no one had any implicit biases towards the LGBTQ community until people probably problematic white people and problematic black people too i'll be honest about that and so they started saying negative things and untruthful things like if you talk to a jamaican who isn't woke and he sees a gay person he goes the sodomite rolling upon the street no that is not a sodomite sir that is just a regular person but you can't tell me that the implicit bias just popped up out of nowhere no that is a problematic person so while there are implicit biases while there are some things that we just un just unconsciously think and believe and react to and we can't help it you need to understand that a racism is is problematic and racism created a lot of these incorrect feelings and ideas we have about black people particularly black women we have to understand that b homophobia is problematic and before there was an implicit bias about people who were gay there was homophobia and homophobes and people attacking gay lesbian transgender people same thing goes for women so check yourself and check your problematic racist uncle who's voting for donald trump and if you want to have one thing that's not an implicit bias that we can all know to be true it's donald trump is a piece of garbage and he needs to leave and he needs to go on an island with george zimmerman and all the other people who think that black people are thugs and that women should stay in the kitchen and that gay people shouldn't exist they should go on their own island with all the guns and they can shoot themselves So that has nothing to do with what we talked about. But like I said, I want to go left because you fools need to understand I don't like you. We're going on a quick break. When we come back, it'll be the news roundup. We got to talk about Haiti. We got to talk about the FARC. Not the FARC, but the FARC. And we got to talk about some news stories. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. 